Welcome to the Trinity Reformed Church Podcast. Sermon by Matt Carpenter on January 2nd, Lord's Day Service. Our text this morning is the book of Matthew, chapter 2. Matthew, chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed from Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that, he might be, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son." Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and sent forth and put to death all the male children that were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, for two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more." Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your enduring and everlasting word. Thank you for the gifts that you've given us. May we receive the word now by your spirit. In Christ's name, amen. amen. The new year is a time when many of us as we already heard, make plans. And we also anticipate what is coming in the future. This morning, I want you to put yourself in the place of Joseph. In the year just before he and Mary were betrothed. When he's probably looking, he's anticipating what will happen. He had no idea of the, let's call it adventure, before him. What we read about Joseph portrays him as a modest man, one not given to extremes or excess. He's a craftsman, betrothed to a lovely young lady and preparing to have a family. He was a faithful Israelite established in Judea. Everything looked like it was going well for him. And then God turned his world upside down. First, he discovered that his betrothed wife was expecting a child. The virtuous lady 
he was going to marry did not now appear so virtuous to him and to his community. But as he was a virtuous man, he did not want to cause shame to Mary or to her family. So he chose to put her away quietly. That is the decent thing to do. We, if we're thinking, I mean, if we lived back then, we would probably have agreed. I mean, he's just doing the right thing. We didn't, he didn't have the book of Matthew or Luke to read about everything that had happened. So on the ground, just looking at this, you tell me, you're engaged to, to someone, men, you're engaged to a lady and you find out that she's expecting and she comes with this weird story that you've honestly not heard made by anyone before. What are you going to think? Well, of course it's what the prophet said. Absolutely, I believe you. No. And that's just the first thing. It gets better. God was not going to let Joseph off easy. An angel appeared to him in a dream and told him that he should continue with her, that he should remain with Mary. And just as God chose Mary to be our Lord's mother, he chose Joseph of all the men whom he could have chosen, he chose Joseph to be Jesus' earthly father. But there were consequences for remaining with her. In doing so, he claimed responsibility for this child. And with that responsibility comes all of the gossip, the sideways glances, and the loss of reputation. He's saying, this is my child. So now, not only does Mary get the dirty looks, Joseph also gets the dirty looks. He gets the, the public ridicule. We don't live in a society that looks down on illegitimacy the way that this society did. Nonetheless, Joseph was taking a significant responsibility at this point. Obeying God always affects your reputation. Always. Sometimes you have to sacrifice your public earthly reputation when you are following him. That's always been the way of taking up the cross. Next, <clears throat> excuse me, in God's timing, a decree was issued that the empire would be taxed. Growing governments need tax money. Some things still never change. The cost of moving is not cheap. The cost of going from their homeland or from where they were from to Bethlehem, it was a cost. But still, on to Bethlehem they went. But at this point, Mary is soon to have her child. So now they face the stress of looking for a place. And it's not like when, you know, when you're, some of you have moved to Huntsville and you start looking a, a year or so out and you're looking and you're saying, what, you know, what are some good properties? No, we're talking about going to Bethlehem and looking for a vacancy at, you know, in some inn and you can't find anything. And it's not like you have days 
You have minutes. That can cause no little stress. At some point later on, after the baby was born, an angel appeared to Joseph again, telling him to take his family and flee to Egypt because Herod was coming to kill the child. He did not know which baby he was looking for, so he just decreed all of them in Bethlehem would die, ages two and under. So they get up immediately. Joseph gets up, he takes Mary and the child, and they leave. Uprooted again, they now make a long journey to Egypt, and they settle there for a time. Again, all of these things cost money. So it was a good thing that they had just received valuable gifts from wise men of Persia. And then after a time, an angel comes again and tells Joseph that you may return. But now they can't go back to Judea because that would still put the child in danger. Archelaus was reigning there. And so it, that there was a danger with having this fresh young child when all the other boys have been killed, it's going to look kind of sketchy, as we would say. So that's not the place you want to bring your, your young son. So Joseph led his young family to the city of Nazareth in the backwoods of Galilee. For us, just think if you had to settle in rural West Virginia with a seacoast. That is the reputation of Galilee. Think about how different this was from Joseph's expectations. Obeying God required great sacrifices of time, money, and again, reputation. Joseph was God's chosen instrument of protection and guidance and instruction for his incarnate son. But it was certainly not the life Joseph had planned. There could be any number of possibilities that Joseph had planned, but I can guarantee you all of these events were not on that list. Following God looks easy when we are reading the scripture. Because we read what happened before and what happened after. So we know the stories. But consider how you would respond if you were in Joseph's position. At what point do you say, this is all great, but I think somebody else is the ideal candidate, not me. Even if you don't say it, how many times might you think these things? You know, j just consider how many negative thoughts go through your mind when you're in the middle of a stressful situation. A lot. Especially when you're doing something that you had not planned, yet you know this is what obedience looks like here and now. When all of your ideas of a comfortable life vanish and obeying God means changing your plans, uprooting and living day to day for a while. But this glimpse into Joseph's life can teach us some valuable things about discipleship. As we come into the new year, look 
at yourself. Look at what is before you. In our church, we have seen tremendous blessings over the past year. We are in a new building. We've grown as a church body. God has blessed us with far more strengths and abilities than most church plants have in their early years. But whenever you have talents given to you, there is an expectation in how you use these talents, as Jesus teaches in the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. When Joseph was betrothed to Mary, he was embarking on a greater change in his life's course than he expected. But through those trials, not in spite of them, but through the trials, Joseph was pushed beyond what he wanted, and the world was blessed because of it. We also have no idea what is before us this year, individually or as a church. We don't know. We can make our plans. And that is a good thing, to make plans, to, to, to look at where you are, where you've come from in the past year, and where it looks like you're going, but we hold those plans loosely because we serve a sovereign God who has ordained all things that come to pass. As disciples, we are called to follow wherever he leads. And for the time being, he has placed you here right now. He's placed you with these people in this place, your home, your work, your neighborhood, your church. This is your ministry. Discipleship is often not the exotic thing that we expect. More often, it means obeying joyfully in the midst of the inconveniences of life. But obedience in the face of trials turns those trials into opportunities. And again, to use a term that we're not accustomed to, it turns them even into adventures. As we continue to grow, the need also grows for our members to use their gifts to serve the body. But this service is not a drudgery. So I'm not telling you, as often happens, when, when you preach a sermon like this, the people who are already doing about 500 things think, oh no, I've got to add 501 to the list. That's not the point. But all of us have gifts. Just as Joseph had gifts, God had prepared that man for everything in his life leading up to that point. There was nothing that he was not prepared for. Just as when you work out, if you've never done a bench press before, you don't put 500 pounds on the bar and say, let me push this a couple of times. No, you start small and you work up. 
That's the way that the Lord works in us. Our sanctification looks exactly like that. He starts you where you are and he slowly builds. But I got news for you. He doesn't stop. He doesn't let you get to a point where you say, you know what? I think I've maxed out now. I'm done. I'm not adding any more weight. I'm really happy with these two 35-pound weights I have on both sides, and I'm just going to stick with that. No, he continues to add gradually, never more than you can handle, but little bit by little bit. He will add, and as you give yourself and avail yourself to his work, he will continue to give you what you need. Not too much, but also not too little. Now, we all know there's times when we feel like, I can't handle anymore. I'm done. I'm finished. You think Joseph ever felt like that? My guess is yes. In the middle of all these things that there were times he had to call out to the father because he had exhausted his normal strength. I'm no prophet, but I will promise you in this year, you will face trials. And our church will face trials. And while those trials will at times look like roadblocks, they're actually stepping stones. They are direction for us to go an alternate route that we might not have chosen any other way. Joseph did not know how God was using him. There's no way he could have foreseen the salvation of the world as it would be enacted when he was taking care of his wife and Jesus. He was only obeying in the face of the adversity that was right in front of him. And that is what we're called to do. Discipleship is not always beautiful when you're in the middle of it. We like when other people, we like reading stories of other people who came through great trials. We don't like reading our own story when we're in the middle of the trials. Yet God was protecting and he was using Joseph to protect the one who would bring the salvation of the world. So when you yield yourself to God to be used of him however he chooses, he will do things in you that you never could have imagined. He will use you in ways that you don't expect. You don't have to worry about what will happen. So this is not dour, gloom and doom, me saying, yeah, it's going to get bad and then it's going to get worse. Behind every cloud is a tornado. That's not my message. No, Joseph, just as he was guided by God, you also, if you are in, in united to Christ, you have the greatest guide and guard. Joseph, you, you say, well, Joseph had an angel telling him what to do. You had the Son of God telling you what to do. You have his word divinely given. He will direct you everywhere. You don't have to worry about this. As you serve him in the midst of whatever comes, 
He will give you exactly what you need. So you don't have to fear. Fear can now go because you serve the one who calms all storms. Yes, even the storms today that we face, we may not see Jesus calming them, but he is the one who calms them. It may not look impressive at the time, but your stewardship is vital to God's kingdom. When you follow him, as Joseph did, obeying despite the circumstances, not only is he working in you, he is using you in the lives of others. And he is bringing his kingdom to earth through the work you're doing. We serve the one who uses shepherds to slay giants, who used a Jewish queen to save a nation, and who took 12 apostles and changed the world. So follow the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think and watch God's kingdom come. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for using men and women in the past, for using them in ways that they did not even understand or comprehend. We pray that you would use us today and throughout this year that we may faithfully serve you and your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more, check out our website at trinityreformedkirk.com. That's trinityreformedkirk.com.